Welcome to the 3v3 Podcast, your socially distanced hockey chat show. Here are your hosts, Cassie, Pat, and Patrick. Last week was the first week of the regular season, and you could tell based on um, uh, the creativity of the question we left off with. So we might want to just uh, burn through this one first, because I think there are a few other topics we'd like to get to. But um, given you know one, two, or, or three stipulations, how do you think the first three Olympic team roster spots should have been named? Well, I think I think the first consideration should be that um, they have American citizenship. <laughs> or is that too obvious? I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, this is hockey we're talking about, so you never know. I know, right? <laughs> what is obvious? Um, and uh, and they should probably play hockey. They should probably be men since it's the men's Olympic team. Oh, wait, I have three. There we go. I'm done. <laughs> they should identify as men. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, they shouldn't be Chicago Blackhawks. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, God. <clears throat> God, I had another one. Just hi, my mind went blank. They um, they shouldn't have uh, played for a Bowman, just generally speaking. Oh okay. no, wait, that'd be like half the NHL, right? <laughs> uh, no, no. I think I, I think I'll stick with um, they they should have U.S. passports. Mm-hmm. I don't particularly care if they're born in the U.S. Um, they, they, they can't have played, they can't be currently playing for the Chicago Blackhawks and they should identify as men. So, you know, I personally would have named Anders Lee, you know, and Phil Kessel just because I don't need to have, you know, his Twitter blow me up again. I feel like there's something I should be doing. And uh, probably, you know, just for gits and shiggles, John Carlson. Yeah. Or, you know, just go with the young crowd and just leave the old old fogies out, right? Sure. I'll take a Tory Krug. And a, and a Dylan Larkin. And a Hughes. Which one? Pick yeah, one. Pick, There's three. Exactly. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Just name, just, name the, just name all three Hugheses. Yeah. There we well, go. Did, all, did all three Hugheses make it out of last night or Saturday healthy? Well, hey, no, no segues until you... Pat, no segues until you've like actually, you know. Oh, since I provided an answer. Yes, yes. Um, one, you are not to have been allowed to play in an outdoor game on NBC. So, so Chicago. Mm-hmm. Chicago and former Chicago. Um, two, um, they should have named one men's player, one women's player, and one player for a. Sled hockey team. Co- yeah, I figured they might be. Paralympic Games. They so, run at this. They run at the same time, though. The Paralympics yeah. run right after the Olympics. So what I was gonna go with 
was um, a co-ed three-on-three tournament that needs to be started immediately because give me give me something a little more interesting than the men's tournament and the garbage roster that USA Hockey will put together. And give me some intrigue from players from Canada so we can show uh, some of the women would ridiculously outplay their male counterparts. And I just wanted a three-on-three tournament. I think it would be fun. I think that's how we weed out the Olympic teams. Mm-hmm. 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 And then the fallacy of a team B that while talented, they would do anything. They would be every other team in the uh, tournament is nonsense because um, Finland and Sweden are probably going to both medal in the men's side. And on the women's side, one of Canada or the U.S. will not make it to the gold medal game this year. Mm -hmm. yep Yep. we'll get to that in february you're on the record i am on the record (laughs) all right well now so now there's there's a hughes question is that so jack hughes went down with a pretty nasty little shoulder injury I don't know if it was a separation or, or what it was classified as uh, during an afternoon game yesterday. And then Quinn, at the very least, took a teammate stick to the face that looked really rough. And the uh, it looked like it kept the, the wound kept opening up, so he was constantly spilling. Making slushies uh, on the ice. Yes. Yeah, so drop, yes. dropping, yeah, slushies dropped from the, you know, the second, second story uh, food court. Mm. And then Luke, I don't, I don't know anything about his season so far because um, there's too much going on in the world. Like what? <laughs> I don't know. Um... <laughs> I feel like a black hole is developing in the center of the hockey universe. And um, no, that's just that's just Toronto and and Montreal panicking because their team suck. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Yeah, but Montreal at least gets to say that they won a game. True. Well, and they didn't get beat by Mark Donk and Buzz Flivitt and. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I forgot I, 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 um, I missed who tweeted it and I forgot to save it but it was one of the best things I'd ever seen and it summed it up perfectly it said Kyle Dubas is one of those guys that goes to Vegas plays blackjack and plays the odds 100% of the time and still gets his clock cleaned because mm-hmm. that's what he's doing, right? I mean, he's just playing the odds. And you know what? The odds aren't predictors. <laughs> well, and let's be honest. The odds changed almost two years ago. So the odds for every single event in real time, the odds are 50-50. It's going to happen or it won't. You can't sit there and say 70% of the time it's going to happen. Well, great, because you can't do it 100%, mm-hmm. 100 times to see what the outcome is going to be. It's 50-50. That was one of my physics teachers. He said, you can sit there and take all the stats and you know, all of these models and everything, but and we don't live in multiverses. So in this unit, well, he said, unless you, unless you live in other, in other universes and correlate all the data, you're only ever going to be 50-50. But wait, is that, is that macro physics or is that quantum physics? Because quantum. quantum physics has its quantum. own little rules. Yeah, quantum. Okay. Quantum, it's just I could disappear right now. <laughs> quantum is is if you're looking at me, I'm not moving. But if you're looking at if you're not looking at me, then I'm just screwing around all over the place. <laughs> I could be anywhere doing anything unless don't stare at me. Yep. Don't you look know. at me. But hey, I can say this: Toronto, Ottawa, and Montreal all combined have more regulation wins than the Tampa Bay Lightning because none of this really matters right now. I, well, Welcome to oh, Silly Season. 
no, hang on, hang on. It matters to Toronto. <clears throat> it matters more to Montreal. Tampa don't give two donkey farts because because no. Kucherov's out again. <laughs> they've done a thing where the rules are made up and the points don't matter. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's what Toronto play or uh, Tampa Bay plays. Just whatever. Okay, sure, that works. Yeah. Uh, the complacency uh, of winning two cups during COVID seasons. It's. I don't think it's complacency. I think it's assuredness that it really is a marathon. And yeah. you know, you yes, you you know the old double standard of you can't you can't win the Stanley Cup in October, but you can lose it type thing. Tampa's going no, you really can't. You know, so they yeah, figured it you, out. You use the Islanders as the perfect example. They yeah. were a great start of the season team the past couple years. They start out hot and then they level off. And then it's kind of a will they, won't they, you know, in February and March or whatever the last two months of the season are. Where they're just like mediocre, they kind of get their heads beat in, but hey, they did enough work early on where they're going to qualify and then they can relax and clean slate. And then we'll win two and a half rounds. One of these years they're going to get over that hump. Yeah. Maybe. So, I, I'm, I'm honestly kind of surprised that no one started asking... Well, why don't we re? Why don't we have the the Canadian division back? Ratings. Then, well, I know that, but because now they can show one. they can show seven games on a night instead of two, or um, three. I think it comes more from the fact that even the Toronto fans are like, yeah, that gave us a false sense of security. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you come into this season where they get to play teams from everywhere else, and then they go. Huh. Really miss Zach Hyman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was thinking more Montreal who made it to the Stanley Cup final. <laughs> oh, no. Montreal was like, they knew they were, it was a complete fluke house money. And even, they wouldn't do it again. They can't say those things out loud. That's the biggest problem. Yeah, yeah. So they have to sit there and like half jokingly, half serious say, but we we got to the Stanley Cup final last year. What's wrong? No, that's just their fan base. Well, it's kind of what I meant. Yeah. Half their fan base. A little more. There there is a, a small corner of Canadians fans who are lovely. They knew exactly what was happening, and in the summer, they just enjoyed the ride. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the fans acted like they're from Boston. So, Thank you for reminding me where I live. So they weren't, they weren't Shans, they were Shons? Shons. Or Jones instead yes. of Shans, yeah. Yes, yeah. That's a translation, anyway. Yeah, I forget about that. Taking a French class in high school to pick up girls wasn't a good idea. Uh (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. I'll say this about Toronto. They love misery. Let's be honest. They're not quite the Chicago Cubs. They're not lovable losers, but... um, it's probably a good thing if this regular season's kind of hard for them because uh, they don't need to be coasting it in, in December like they have recently. So, because that's worked out so well the last one, two, three, four, five seasons. Mm-hmm. It, do- it doesn't guarantee them anything if they were to scrape and claw their way into, say, a wild card spot, but. I mean, they only have to overcome, you know, the juggernauts that are the Buffalo Sabres and the Detroit Red Wings to get just into the top four. So, mm-hmm. 
I, I have to say, um, because I wasn't paying attention to the game, um, it was rather hard to see what was going on on Twitter because all the reactions from Toronto fans were just like, oh my, oh, oh my, oh dear God. And all the Pittsburgh fans were, oh, oh my, oh dear God. So I couldn't tell who was winning <laughs> at the time. Because you can't, you can't pick up um, verbal cues, you know, the, the inflections and, and, and yeah, and, and the phrasing when, you know, when people say, oh, 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 oh dear, oh my God, you know, versus, oh, oh my God, you know, you can't pick that up. So it, it took me a while, and then I, and and then I, pulled down my multicast and looked at the score, and it was like, oh dear, oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> and then I knew it was going to be a fun evening. <clears throat> so I was saying to you guys before we started recording, it was a little much to like, come upon, open up Twitter at nine o'clock this morning, nine thirty, something like that, and people were probably still complaining about the leaf game <laughs> well th i mean this is the, this is their life till april unfortunately they, you mean it's all of our lives until april right <laughs> no i i can block and ignore with the best of them and i can observe and Laugh, enjoy, you know. I, 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 honest to God, I, I'd treat it kind of, you know, like, uh, even though they're they're kind of bad things in the end, I kind of treat it like going to a zoo. You know, you get to see miserable animals sometimes, <laughs> and you don't ever stare at the monkeys. Don't make eye contact with them because they do nasty things when you do that. So don't you don't stare at Leafs fans. <laughs> Just you know. Don't feed them. Don't stare at them. Don't, don't get them wet. <laughs> yeah, don't get them wet. <laughs> don't feed them after midnight. Um, you know, I just, I, I had to take my pot shot last night, and I asked Chris Johnston, what was the inverse of a juggernaut? Jeez, <clears throat> uh, and he has to cover that team day to day now, doesn't he? I know. Yeah. I mean, he did, but he didn't. Found other things to occupy. I mean, he'll he'll have no shortage of material. Oh no, no this is, you know, this is a, a print. This is a, a what the hell's the word? This is a Federal Reserve to them. They're just printing yeah. money. Although many of the hockey writers complain when they don't get to write about a postseason run because. Honestly, there's much more material, I think, when things are unpredictable. Well, postseason run is just game reports and fluff stories, right? Yeah, and you traveling back and forth every other night. Yeah. Sure, that sounds great, but everyone complains how exhausted they are by the Stanley Cup final and blah, oh, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, they could be spending their time and explaining to me how good has Sergei Bobrovsky been this season? Because I want to hear more about the Florida Panthers because they look fun. It, it doesn't this fit? Doesn't this still fit his pattern of one year off, one year on, one year off, one year on type thing? Yeah. Isn't this? I mean, if we if we throw away the COVID stuff, if you throw away the COVID stuff and then the change to Quinville as coach, like those kind of all happened at once. Yeah. And sort of like uh, that team in Illinois who, okay, this is probably the second full season for Jeremy Carlton. Now we're just seeing, oh, maybe it's just a terrible roster of aged players. And don't, don't talk about Rockford like that. <laughs> Beat me to it. <laughs> I mean, I haven't looked at the AHL standings today. I'm, I'm a bit behind. But yeah, it's just yeah. yeah. I I mean, I will say like personal observation is when the Leafs are doing well, their fans are actually more abusive than when the Leafs suck. 
Yeah, and I will give them credit. Well, I shouldn't say credit because no one should be abusive and no one should be. You can wear your heart on your sleeve, but understanding that there is a level that you can get to and you don't do it consistently enough would be incredibly aggravating. But on the flip side, like teams with newer success, let's say a team in Carolina, for example, Man, the fans can get petty and annoying when little things really aren't going their way, where, you know, goalies might be letting in three goals a game instead of two. Success has a weird way of changing your perspective from something that's supposed to be stupid and fun. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. We're talking about sports here. These are this is serious business. Serious business. <laughs> serious. Serious. Serious business. And I can oh, confirm Rockford is one and three in uh, last place in their division in the AHL. Uh, I should have known. I, I, I stepped right into that. <laughs> so you're saying that the entire team needs a change somehow. I can't wait until the words culture change come out of their mouths. I know, right? We need a culture change in the locker room. Keep like, going. Uh, <laughs> so, 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 uh, are, you're catching the irony to this, right? <laughs> we need a culture change in the front office. Keep going. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. I'll let you know when to stop. Just keep going. <laughs> in the province, right? In the province of Illinois. Wait, which team needs a culture change again? There are so many. I, I know, it's like all of them. <laughs> well, Montreal may get theirs for free. Bergevin's going to continue to stick his foot in his owner's mouth. <laughs> so are we sure that Bergevin isn't trying to atone for a dark past and that's why he voluntarily wants to stay in Montreal? No, he's being a hockey man and mm-hmm. is too stubborn. Mm-hmm. Thinks he has all the answers and sticks mm-hmm. with his convictions. Mm-hmm. When sometimes things just don't work. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're seeing in Toronto. Mm-hmm. They're big four forwards outside of William Nylander just aren't, just aren't working mm-hmm. uh, on all cylinders. I'll give Tavares a little pass. He's been good. He's been he's been okay. He's been a little inconsistent in the few games I've watched. Well, uh, I'd rather be inconsistent than consistently bad. Matthews. Um, <laughs> Marner. <laughs> Marner's just invisible. I wouldn't even say he's bad. Matthews, he's been bad. But Jam too much extracurricular activities. No. Um, Am I injured? I don't know. I don't think he's playing injured. I just think he's playing bad. I, I think that entire team is trying too hard. Mm-hmm. You know, they are over. They are in their own freaking heads so bad. And and it's funny that the guys that don't care about any of that crap are the ones that are performing. Jason Spezza and, and Willie Nylander. You know, it's just water off their backs to them. You know, Tavares kind of takes it and pushes through. But I, I think that I think they have a serious case of the yips. They are all squeezing their sticks so damn tight right now. And it's only October. Yep. Because they feel they need to to disprove everyone when really the only way to disprove everyone is just get the playoffs and win a freaking round or two or three. They've backed themselves into such a corner that I I don't even think winning a round would would satisfy anyone. There would there would be a sense of relief, but not accomplishment. 
from the yeah. front office, perhaps from the fan base, it would be like, all right, you've got one. What about the next one? You know, why did you lose this round? You know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and are they going to be so singularly focused on winning just that one round that they have nothing left in the tank for a second yeah. or a third? And yeah, that's why I said earlier, the tighter the race, if they're scrambling to the last week of a regular season to to claw their way in, they don't have time to worry about all that nonsense. They can yeah. do it if they are lucky enough to make it into the first round. It's it's that old mentality of, you know, these guys have been playing playoff hockey for the last month to make it yeah. to the playoffs that they're they're already at that other gear, so to speak, to which I was mm-hmm. going to giggle. Um, <laughs> but yeah, mm-hmm. it's very similar to the 2012 LA Kings and what had to happen to that team. Trade for Jeff Carter. Yep. Also, you, you had to subtract at least somebody you really liked, at least internally in Jack Johnson. Someone that they like, that the players like, it it could be any player. It could be one of the superstars. It could be one of the supporting cast. Someone that you like needs to leave, not of their own volition or due to salary cap constraints, just to revoke an emotion and get something out of them. Like, if you're this upset, do something about it so it doesn't happen again. Now, revisionist history being what it was, I don't know how upset the L.A. Kings were about losing Jack Johnson at the time. But that sort of thing does happen all the time. Uh, I think it was I think that may have been more of a reaction to getting a Jeff Carter in than losing a Jack Johnson. You know, because there sort of goes all the way back in history to when the Islanders traded for Butch Goring. Right. Mm. It, It gave them that depth. That, you know, it gave them that pop depth that they were missing. And I think that's, you know, that was the essentially what was going on with the Kings. Bringing in a Jeff Carter gave you, you know, that depth. It's that depth where you could play around with the lines a little bit. Or you knew that if one line wasn't going, your entire night, you know, wasn't shot. It's, you know, it's the same stuff the Oilers are suffering through, right? You've got McDavid and Drysaddle who play magnificently together, but by themselves, you know, it's like three quarters of their ability because as good as they are, they don't know how fully to drive a line on their own consistently. I mean, and I think some of that is, especially with Drysaddle, because he's such a playmaker, you have to get him someone who can finish. And I swear to God above, if they got Phil Kessel and put him on a line with Dreitzel, good night. Because Leon's just going to find him, and Phil's going to go do what Phil does. And I think Phil needs out of Arizona because he looks bored. <laughs> he does. He looks bored. My poor Philip J. Kessel. You know where else might be a fun place? Because I'm sure Phil will be one of the guys that has Canada written in crayon, permanent ink, whatever substance. Ketchup. Um, (laughs) No, he saves that for his hot dogs. Come on. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Minnesota. Minnesota. Oh, he because be there's another case of a team who is, you know, slowly subtracted or phased out certain players, and things just look fun. It's not easy. They've won two games in overtime. Yeah, the start the season four and zero, oh, but it's been fun. It's been competitive. It's been back and forth. But they're getting the results, which, you know, builds up confidence or whatever. It'd be fun to see a little more finish on that team so they can close out games in regulation. Oh, Phil, Phil out there would be fun. Mm-hmm. Go back home, quote-unquote. Wear give, some breezers. 
Yeah. <laughs> Give Michael Russo something to write about because he's, you know, so hard up for story ideas. <laughs> <laughs> irony. Irony. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyler Yamamoto to the Kraken for Jordan Eberle. Who says no? Kyler gets to go play in his home state. Jordan gets to come full circle. You okay with that? I'm, I, oh, God, I'd run around the neighborhood naked. (laughs) I don't want video of that, by the way. I wouldn't post, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would not post video of it. I'm not sure my neighbors wouldn't, but I would not post video of it. Okay. Also, you never said what time of day, so cameras might not work so well. Yeah. The sad thing is the cameras on our house do work well. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I'd love it. I'd absolutely love it. Um, you know Yamamoto and a and a pick for you know Yamamoto and a couple of picks for Everly and some retained salary. I oh God, please make it happen. If you're not going to give me Philip J. Kessel and Edmonton, give me Jordan back. You know who's probably going to say no? Francis. Whoever. <laughs> Whoever the third GM that's being, you know, has to be convinced to take on Kyle Turris's contract or someone else to to make the money work. Because Edmonton, you know, I think three quarters of the league will be in LTIR by next week. Oh, God. We're going to, you know, by the time the next CBA rolls around, somebody's going to throw out there, you have to have a minimum number of players on the roster at all times. (laughs) Let's see. Mm -hmm. Kyler and... Hmm. Oh, we're working the trade, are we? Yeah, we are. You know what? They could, you could send Kyler and and Kyle Turris and a couple of picks to Seattle for Everly. Yep, they'll just have to be uh, smart and bank some of their LTIR pool, but eh, there's a chance it could happen. Because Kyler's at one point one, right? Mm-hmm. This is compelling radio. <laughs> Pat, Pat and Patrick search cap geek or cap friendly. Are, are Wait, we sure we that, don't does that make us a re, does that make us a real hockey podcast now? Uh, a don't little bit, be probably. silly. <laughs> no, yes. what we need what we need is is a um, live streaming recording of what you're doing on your screens. Um, no. <laughs> no. No. Um. Dude. Someone would have your... to pay us and provide the video producer. Uh, all right. um, yeah, so Kyler, Kyler and Kyle are three. They're a little over three. So, yeah. Eberly's at five. So, those two plus a couple of picks. Seattle retains some salary. Yeah, and that would... Because it looks like Edmonton has about one and a one point two that they can use. Yeah. Huh. Come on, let's do it. So here's my question to you. I'm going to will it into existence since he didn't score a hat trick last night. He needs a center. That's his problem. Mm-hmm. You know, the reason he, he is, was so fun and in on on the island was when he got Barzell, it was like good night. He needs a and center. Let's be honest, Barzell could use him right now too. Yeah. Oh well let's just bring Barzell back to Seattle too. <laughs> now we're talking. So Jack Eichel to the island, Matt Barzell to Seattle. I think we can work a four way trade here. <laughs> 
<laughs> think we can do it. I mean, we could at least be a special assistant to a few GMs at this point. GMs certainly are special these days. <laughs> uh, oh, wait, did I say that out loud again? Yeah. Good. <laughs> See, if we were a real hockey podcast, we would have a quote-unquote segment called, did we say that out loud again? No, because then it would actually be contrived, and where's the fun in that? Exactly. Oh, God, don't get me started. <laughs> kind of like playing Alice in Chains' Man in the Box when someone takes a penalty. <sighs> Yawn. Boy. <laughs> do you need to rant? Do you, do you need to say this all verbally? No, I yes, did go it ahead, last but night. I did it. I did it last night. I did it last night. I and do I feel a little remorse, kinda, but was I peeing on people's legs and telling them it was rain? No. Was I <laughs> peeing on their parade? Yeah. Was I yucking some people's yum? Kinda. Was I gatekeeping Seattle? Yes. <sighs> As is right and proper for someone who was born and raised there, thank you. And lived here <laughs> my entire life. I, uh -huh. I lived through the Boeing exodus in the 70s and the reemergence of the area in the 90s. I literally experienced all of that in multiple facets. Oh, come on. The one thing that Washingtonians do best, the born and raised Washingtonians do best, is gatekeep Washington. But it's so goddamn hard because there's so few of us left. Right. That's I, what we do best. You know how it, it's it always amazes people. And like I've been on multiple teams at work for many, 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 many years. And I have only ever been on a one team that had somebody else that was native Washingtonian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe that. And I'm talking, I've worked with probably close to 2,000 people on various teams. Just directly on, on various teams. <sighs> you know, if you came here in the 90s as part of the tech explosion, I at least got a little bit of props for you because you, you hung around. You stayed here, you've acclimated, you learned how to save Puyallup correctly <laughs> and swim and Snoqualmie and Snohomish. And... What was that river, Pat? <laughs> the Willamette. <laughs> Good boy. That wasn't even on air. <laughs> Willamette Valley has some good wines, by the way. <laughs> So while I was listening to your rant, and yours wasn't the only one, and seeing the NHL PR devices at play, praising, oh, they picked a Nirvana song that no one heard on the first goal. Oh, thank and God I did. I, did. <laughs> I was so happy. That was a good thing. Why did it's no like a, one bring a decibel meter to this game? That's what I want to know. You know why? As, as someone who's been in the arena where they've done that thing, it's trite. It's No, 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 no. I'm not talking on the big screen. I'm talking one in hand to report. No, no, no. <laughs> I have had one in hand okay. in a building during a playoff game. And it's just like, yeah, we get it. Acoustics. Sound bounces. It's yeah. whatever. They do that whole thing where they stand there by the Zamboni door and they hold it up. Yeah. You know, they hold up the decibel meter and the camera zooms in on it and then they put it on the yeah. jumbotron and the broadcast and everyone goes, yeah, you know, and it's like, okay, that's as now, long as it had this off. been a cable broadcast, that would have happened. Sports, you mean? Yeah. 
because yeah. that's just the way those producers work. But given that this was an online exclusive broadcast for ESPN's online service, and I'm getting the, the, the feeling that the team didn't try to, you know, roll out the red carpet for everything that they could have done in night one. Yeah, I got that feeling too. Yeah, you know what? It's it's. I, I saw some people complaining about how it didn't live up to Vegas's opening night, and I was sitting there like watching it, and I'm thinking to myself, "This is so Seattle, though." Yeah, I don't. It's be, that we're not we're not Vegas for Christ's sake. Yeah, for, no one's Vegas. First of no, all, because and second of all, Seattle's Vegas. very low key. <laughs> it was Vegas. Vegas had the backdrop of you know Vegas. Yeah. Not only that, but tragedy. Well. Yeah, there was that too. There was that, but this just felt, you know, they pulled this off. Seattle pulled this off, but everything looked and felt polished for a building that's been open for two days. That's what impressed me just looking at things from the outside and given how little... Um real complaints I, I, I saw voiced online last night. I excuse me. I um I'm glad they didn't broadcast any of the fanfare stuff. Cause it's you know, I and I'm gonna say this again. As as the gatekeeper Nobody in that office is from here, really. Mm-mm. You know, all the people in the hockey ops and all of that stuff are from somewhere else. So you got a representation of what they think of Seattle. Mm-hmm. Which is why the goal song is what it is. Yeah, exactly. It's, it, it's you know, I use the word lazy and I'll stick with it. It's lazy. Hey, you know who's from here? Nirvana. Let's use a Nirvana song. Oh, dear God. Why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's not Seattle. They no, one, yeah, no one in Seattle would have picked that. <laughs> no. No, because we're no real Seattleite drinks Starbucks. Right? Anybody who's from here who's lived here for more than a decade, you will not find it at a Starbucks. We know their coffee's crap. You'll drink it if it's if you're desperate, if it's handy. And you will complain about it to no end for the rest of the day. Yes. But everybody has their favorite coffee shop that they go to. They yes. almost never like hang out at Starbucks unless they absolutely have to and they're desperate. They have opened two new places down here in the city where I live. And they're little independents and one of them does its own roasting on mm-hmm. site. That place is packed. The Starbucks drive through is packed but nobody's inside this place is packed these there are people that they sit outside because they're on one of those um what i call retail residential areas you know where it's the first floor is all retail and then there's apartments above it Mm -hmm. so they're in a great location but it's also got sort of a covered um sidewalk area that they've sort of turned into an outdoor cafe and that place is just packed and every time i go by there i get a and i'm not a huge coffee drinker i've I've hardly had any coffee in the last like 20 years which you know considering how jitter i am (laughs) um every time i go by there i get that when they're roasting it's just like oh yeah there it is the good stuff Mm -hmm. it's you know so it's lazy it's just lazy. Everyone's buying into the cliche yeah, and not like looking beyond that. It's what everyone, I, I said it last night and I said, you know, this isn't what Seattle wants. It's what 31 other teams fans want for mm-hmm. Seattle. As someone who was born and raised there, you can spot almost immediately the people who were not not just i mean it's harder to spot the ones that have been so there's this there's this cliche this pacific northwest cliche that if you weren't born and raised there you are never truly accepted as being from there yeah 
and it's a cliche, so it doesn't, you know, it doesn't always apply, but, but, you know, there's always that, oh, but you weren't, you're not really from around here. So, you know, whatever kind of, kind of thing people. And I said this last night to somebody else is that, um, Seattle in particular, but all of the Puget Sound area generally to a lesser extent has a very low key, like, snobbish sense of entitlement and and this extends out into the rural areas by the way too so every time we you know every time we mock you know south king county for being the redneck even they have they are very fierce washingtonians i mean you know everybody's got their their people to like to like dismiss right it's like where i grew up it was elma where Elma grew up, it was Montesano. <laughs> yeah, Montesano uh, was Aberdeen. You know. you know, it's like everybody's got their thing. But like when it comes down to something outside of the state coming in, then we all band together and are like, you don't belong here. <laughs> yeah. This is not for you. We don't want you here. It's okay to visit, but just don't tell anybody when you leave what it's like and never come back. It's, it's, um, it's, it's, we're kind of like a little bit like the mafia, right? Nobody needs to know what our business is. We fight amongst ourselves, but if you pick on one of us, you pick on all of us. Mm-hmm. It's like and, uh, anyone trashes on Spokane? Oh my God, we will go off on them, but uh, we'll be more than happy to trash on Spokane ourselves. Yeah, Spoke Compton doesn't. Uh, anyway, uh, Spokane's, <laughs> Spokane's just part of Idaho. See, this is the kind of stuff we do. <laughs> I, I say that all the time. Sorry. <laughs> so, what you're saying is the. This area of the Pacific Northwest, because I don't want to use the wrong phrase for the metropolitan area, um, sounds like an NHL franchise. A little bit. It was just perfect for it. Kind of. They're going to be be completely insufferable in a way that only only Toronto and Montreal could dream of being. (laughs) And you know who it's going to be that's insufferable? The people who've migrated there. Yes. The recent transplants. Mm-hmm. They are the worst. They are the, the oh, you're Californians. You need to leave. It's like you just got here from California yourself. So. Yeah. And, oh, by, <laughs> and oh, by the way, why do you hunker down in the house when it's raining? That's how I know you, you aren't from here. And right. from here meaning you've lived here long enough to understand. Like, <clears throat> prime example, my mother-in-law came to visit one time and... It was a gorgeous day when they got here. You know, they were out wandering around and doing all this stuff. And then the next day was Seattle. It rained, right? And she just sat there like, how do you guys go out and do anything when it rains? And I'm like, I just put on a hat and I go outside and do what I was going to do anyway. (laughs) Pretty much. If you let the rain stop you from doing anything, you're not going to get anything done. Yeah. There's, you know, (laughs) Gore-Tex for crying out loud. You know, let's, let's, come on. You go buy your Helly Hansen wet gear and just go. Yeah. I, I'll guarantee you all, I, it's, it just started dumping. My wife and my son were out on a walk and it just started dumping and they came back with their hoods up. I mean, that's it. <laughs> they Finish your walk and you keep going. Yes. Yeah. So, so yeah, the, the thing is, is imagine, imagine the Vancouver fan base only with the Seattle Seahawks fan base. Yeah. That's going to be the Kraken fan base. Because the Seattle Seahawks fan base, especially after they won, you know, Super Bowl, really insufferable. So, <laughs> you know, they're, they're not going to be a great crowd of fans to hang out with or around the, the moment they get the slightest bit of, like, success. Once, they, once it wears off that they're an expansion team, it's, it's not going to be pretty. Especially if they're not happy, uber, uber competitive. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. There is there is definitely a honeymoon period in this city, and mm-hmm. the Sounders have managed to avoid it by being consistently good. But the Mariners have to do things every twenty years to get more people to go to the games, and then it starts tailing off, and it tails off hard. And it's only and the Mariners only get fans at their games because people love baseball. They love the Mariners. They love baseball. <laughs> yeah, they'll they'll go to see their favorite team play against the Mariners. Right. So, no, the only thing they did right last night 
for me. Um, Anne. Anne doing the Ooh, national anthem. So just, just Anne. Mm-hmm. Just F and Anne. Just, mm-hmm. Yes, dear. Yes, yes, Anne, whatever you want. <laughs> yes, Anne. Queen Anne. Yes, 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 ma'am. Yes, ma'am, Anne. <clears throat> there were people on Twitter who didn't know who she was. And boy, I bet you they learned real quick when she got to those last few lines, huh? In the home of the brave. <laughs> yeah, that's what a singer sounds like, ladies and gentlemen. Um, the uh, <clears throat> I have been in the arena pre and uh, I don't know if I should say this. I'm not under NDA. I didn't sign anything. So I've been in there post. <laughs> um and it is a, it is a very different experience. Um, anybody that's been in that arena pre, you will be blown away when you go in there post because of how far down they dug and the way that bowl sits. It is going to be crazy in there. If this team starts getting good, it is going to be insanely loud in that arena. Insanely loud. I uh, um, I was actually kind of happy that they brought back in the Seattle Center Coliseum elements. Yeah, the the glass window on the one. Yeah, side. the glass yeah. walls and stuff. So in the '90s, it was originally built the Seattle Center Coliseum when it was the World's Fair like campus and all of that in the '60s, and. In the 90s, it was renovated, quote unquote, um, in a spiteful way, (laughs) Uh, an actually truly spiteful way. Um, Seriously, just big enough for basketball, too small for hockey. Thank you, Barry Ackerley. uh Because he couldn't get his arena down on um, Oriel Brom or whatever it was. Anyway, so... um, and so they did. So they did away with a lot of that. So the Seattle Center Coliseum originally it was, it, you had the bowl and everything was surrounded by a wall of glass. The whole thing you had the you had the, the, pyramid uh, rooftop roof line, and then all the walls pretty much were just all glass. And so when they uh, renovated it in the 90s, they got rid of a lot of the glass. And so I was really happy that they brought that back. I'm actually rather impressed that they even dug through like the uh, the historical architecture enough mm-hmm. to to even bother with it. Yep. Yeah, because I just I, I it was really cool to see that they they did a great. Uh, one of the other things that I really appreciate is they did nod and wink to, you know, the history. Because again, it was it was deemed a historical landmark, so they had to keep the roof and some other elements. But for them to bring back some of the um, original elements was was awesome to see. So uh, the arena is absolutely spectacular. Um, you know, it is it is big, but it doesn't feel big. You know, it's. It, uh, having been in a few other arenas like the um, the Shark Tank, the Shark Tank feels small, and it's literally so small. And the way that the way the seats are set up, you can't lean forward in your seat because you will block the view of people behind you. That's how steep and sort of narrow it is in the Shark Tank. This has that feeling of being on top of the ice, but it doesn't feel like if you lean forward, you're blocking, you know, 30 people behind you in your row on the upper levels. So it was, um, I will probably not go to a game down there this year, but we'll see. (laughs) My contractor is (laughs) trying to get, (laughs) trying to get a suite for us. Let's let's not talk about your contractor oh. while we're recording. <laughs> yeah, that might get you into trouble. Yeah, my, let's my, not do that. <laughs> my my mafia boss. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm just figure wait till the spring when at this point they look like they'll probably be out of it. Yeah. Um. 
But hey, they finally did get a goal from a defenseman, so you know there there were some positives on the ice. They got two. Mm-hmm. So uh, they they need to they need to find they need to find someone with some pop at center. You know. Yeah. That, I'm I'm disappointed the geeky hasn't been pushed up a little bit. Just see what he can do. Let him go have fun. Yeah. Although I will say some, you know, we can question the um, expansion choices all we want, but now that I think he's kind of quote unquote into game shape, I do think Yanni Gord is the perfect two C. Yeah. He he's not a number one, and I think. He and Eberly, I uh, I think they want to occupy some of the same space a little too much. Yeah, and but they broke I them think up last I, he was the best forward I saw on the team last night. Yeah, they did break up Eberly and Gord last night. They had okay. him down. They had Eberly down with McCann. So, Which that's a mistake too. Yeah, and uh, they'll be fine, you know. Yeah, I don't, it's. Uh, I think ninety-one points is about right for them. I don't think. Yeah. I don't think they're crushing the over. First ten, they're going to struggle. They'll get three, maybe four points. By the second ten, they'll inch closer to hockey five hundred, and that's where yeah. they'll be. Yeah, it's a weak they'll... division, so. And they have enough depth to actually take on an injury or two. Unless it's their goalie who's being overworked because the defense doesn't know what they're doing and is letting the goalie take too many shots. It's getting better. It's getting better. That was the, and I think Grubauer even said this, outside of the first 10 minutes, it was probably the most cohesive they'd looked all season. And they made a mistake and it burned. It's just like a young roster. It burned them. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. When they uh, took the penalty in the third. So. I mean, that's actually really a good analogy. That's what they look like, a young roster. Not not in the sense that they don't know what they're doing, but in the sense that they're all overly enthusiastic, so maybe they're not paying as much attention to what everybody else is doing as they should. Yep. So they've got a little bit of Toronto syndrome. They're, everyone's trying a little too hard. Yeah. Except no one on our roster makes ten million. <laughs> Certainly not four someones. <laughs> I'm sorry, three someones. Three. Three. Yes. I think we've I, I think I've ranted enough. Was there other hockey yesterday? I don't know. Um Toronto and Seattle's home opener? I don't know. The Hurricanes didn't put out any new websites last night, so. Uh, I, uh, I, I, I so greatly appreciated that, by the way. <laughs> I, I really did appreciate that. <sighs> My biggest complaint is they use GoDaddy. What are they thinking? Come on, I'm here. I'm available for consulting, not only in hockey matters, but, you know, web hosting. It, uh, man. it wasn't my cup of tea, but as they've been quoted and they planned this well, and I got to give it to them, um, they just want to engage their fans. And, you know, be damned. You got and they're getting some of them. Yeah. I, I'm I, lying. No, no, they're getting most of them. Uh, appeal to your fans. Appeal to your region. Don't appeal to 31 other regions. You'll get those people. Don't appeal to Lou Lamarillo, which is the modus operandi for half the league operations. So, Oh, dear God, seriously? Because there's more than one way to do something. I respect and like the way he does things, but it's not going to work for every team in every circumstance. Not everybody is Lou. Not everyone can be Lou. Not everyone wants to be Lou. I would take some attributes from Lou and, you know, that's fine. That's what, you know. See, what people should be doing is they should be looking for a coach who's like Lou. Because whenever Lou Lamorello has, fires a coach, 
and he ends up being the interim coach while they're looking. His teams are freaking fantastic, and I'm not sure if that's because he scares the heck out of his players or if it's because he actually like is a really damn good coach or probably a little bit of both. But it's that, and there's no fluff. There's no coaching BS, my lexicon and my, I always use this analogy. My Kung Fu is the best Kung Fu. Mm -hmm. No, it's just because you're good at something and it works for you. Doesn't mean anything to anyone else. And we got to stop pretending like we can just replicate results of someone else doing things when all the environmental variables are different. Okay, pull the shoot, because I, I might get ranty now. <laughs> oh, but why not? <laughs> um, all right, so I have, actually I have two questions, but I will shelve the the more controversial one. Aww. You want the really controversial one? All right, I can give you the really controversial one. All you're, right. You're, wait, 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 your body, your choice. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, with Canadian teams struggling right now, I know it's early, but still, at this moment in time, if you could contract a Canadian team, which one would it be? This has been the 3B3 Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at 3B3Podcast. We're available for NHL consulting at reasonable fees.